0: The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance. You can find them at itlcoaching.com. ITL Coaching and Performance exists to build a community of athletes set on reaching goals and serving the community. They have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and dreams. ITL Coaches are real people with phones, emails, and the desire to spend time with you during your training. They are invested in ITL athletes. ITL takes communal approach to coaching so there's always someone available to answer questions and to help adjust the training schedule. An ITL coach will be glad to meet with you to chat about your goals and find the best plan to help you meet those goals. Again, their website is itlcoaching.com. The Most Pleasant exhaustion podcast is also brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. Blue Pineapple Travel can be found at bluepineappletravel.com. Blue Pineapple Travel are experienced travel agents who help you design the perfect trip. They are all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. The agents at Blue Pineapple Travel love to help people plan their travel. Their goal is to match you with the trip that you want. Whether you're looking for relaxation or adventure, traveling solo or with a group, inside the U.S. or abroad, they're there to match you to the trip for you. Blue Pineapple Travel will help you curate all of the travel information out there to create the exact vacation that you want. Again, their website is bluepineappletravel.com. And finally, the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by SlayerX. You can find them at www.slayerx.com. SlayerX is a sports nutrition company that makes products for athletes, team sports, and anyone that trains or works outdoors. SlayerX was founded by an endurance athlete and University of Georgia food scientist who was unhappy with the choices he was offered on course in long course triathlons. He started making his own mixes and now you can enjoy those same mixes. Slayer X offers differing levels of electrolytes in their hydration products and you can get them with or without calories. You can either take their online test at SlayerX.com or you can be tested in their laboratory to determine the exact amount of liquid and electrolytes that you need to be consuming while racing. In addition to hydration products, Slayer X offers fueling products like their product Diesel which is available with or without the optimum level of caffeine that is scientifically proven to legally enhance performance while limiting GI upset and diuretic impact. If you're looking for alternative gels, try Slayer X Spark Plug, a Pop Rocks-like powder that combines the same electrolytes that are in their other products, encapsulated caffeine, and quickly absorb carbohydrates. It comes in a plastic tube so it can be carried while running, and it will work to enhance and fuel your alertness, general happiness, and performance. Remember, tell them that the Most Pleasant Exhaustion podcast sent you by using the coupon code PLEASANT2020 at checkout on their website, and you'll get 10% off anything you purchase there. That's slayerx.com pleasant 2020 test don't guess with slayer x thanks to all of our sponsors for making the most pleasant exhaustion podcast possible Everybody and welcome back to the most pleasant exhaustion podcast brought to you by ITL Coaching Performance, Blue Pineapple Travel and Slayer X. My name is George Darden. I'm an endurance athlete and coach here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a college professor and I'm a father to twin boys.
1: My name is Michelle Frank. I am also an endurance athlete here in Atlanta, Georgia. I am a CPA and I am a mom to three girls.
0: And we also have with us on the podcast two guests, both of whom have been on the podcast before, but never in the capacity that we've having them with us tonight right? Um, and so first we have Lauren Fogarty. Lauren, hello. Welcome back.
2: Hey, everybody. Happy to be here. Um, I'm also an endurance athlete here in Atlanta and I'm a teacher.
0: Right on. And uh, and Lauren, and the reason why why we had Lauren is because Lauren gave me a lot of advice over the course of the last little while. And Lauren, how long have you been a vegan?
2: Let's see. 13 years now. Vegetarian for... It'll be 20 years in December, in December of this year.
0: Right on, right on. And then we also have my wife, Casey, the owner of Blue Pineapple Travel.
3: Hi, Casey Darden here. I am the owner of Blue Pineapple Travel. Former endurance athlete, former ultra endurance athlete. Uh, mom of the same twin boys as George. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have been some version of vegetarian for 20 years.
0: Right on. Very good. And at least one of those twin boys is popping up out of bed over and over again right now. Over and over. over. He hates
3: sleep, Mike Patrick. So, yes. (laughs) Uh,
0: And so so at least one of us might be popping in and out here over the course of the next little while. But um, the reason why, of course, we brought Casey and we we brought Lauren here is because um, I did a short experiment around being vegan. Um, over the course of about four or five weeks here um, in August and September. I started on August 10th and I finished on September 11th. Um, and the reason why is just because I feel like a lot of people have been talking about it inside the endurance community lately. Um, there was a film on, on Netflix called Game Changers, which I think caught a lot of people's attention. Um, Adam Hansen, who is a very accomplished cyclist and has done multiple grand tours um, and is now making a transition into being an Ironman athlete. He's been a vegan for a long time. Scott Urich, who is arguably one of the all time great um, uh, ultra runners is a vegan. And so I just kind of said, well, let me kind of experiment with it a little bit and, and see what it's like and see what some of the challenges are. And so that's kind of what we're gonna be talking tonight about the, the sort of the challenges, the reasons, and we brought on the two experts that we know, Casey and Lauren to talk about, um, to, to give some, some context about what it's like to actually live a vegan life, as opposed to like dabbling and experimenting with it that I did. So thanks for being here, y'all. Yeah, I'm
2: happy to be here.
0: Right on, right on. So I guess, maybe the first thing we should talk about, I guess, is kind of some of the reasoning. Does that sound good? Sure. Um, And so I I think that's a good thing to talk about too, because, you know, a lot of times, Lauren, you were sort of the person that I was texting when I would run into issues or run into problems or have questions, something like that. And you always would say, well, why don't you fall back on, you know, why are you doing this when you're trying to actually make decisions or or navigate gray areas in this kind of fall back on, okay, what's your point? What's your purpose in doing it? So, you know, you said 20 years, then 12 years, that's a long time. Like what, what initially inspired it way back in the day?
2: It was a combination of things. Uh, It was, Partially for health reasons and what, and just wanting to adopt what I believe to be a healthier diet. Um, Some of it was for minimizing my environmental impact on the world. Um, Part of it was for um, the ethical treatment of animals. So I would say it was a combination of those three big things.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Uh then
2: I, and so when I went vegetarian after a number of years i realized that all of the reasons that i was applying to being vegetarianism really also applied to um like eggs and dairy and and all that and so i was like well if these are my whys and my reasons for doing it then really i should be a vegan and so i went all the way
1: so i have a question (laughs) this is the part that i find really interesting because i feel like i'm really aware of the health and performance benefits of or supposed benefits or reasons behind adopting kind of a plant-based diet. But I'm really curious in, you know, more of the other side of it, you know, how you felt um, or why you felt like it would help you uh, in terms of, you know, what was better uh, for planet earth or whatever. And in terms of cruelty to animals and stuff like that, like how that reasoning I guess came to you and maybe how it's developed in your progression from eight years as a vegetarian, seven years as a vegetarian, and then the next 13 going from being a vegetarian to a vegan.
2: Um, So, I really the big environmental piece for me was just the sheer amount of resources that it requires to to raise livestock. And, um, you know, when you think about the amount of land and water that it takes to say, feed a cow, that the same amount of land and water could, if that was used just to grow food that people were eating, would feed a lot more people than say that one cow. And then I realized when, you know, I thought about, um, you know, consuming dairy, that same reasoning applied to, you know, if I'm all those resources are still going to that cow. And even though I'm not eating the cow, you know, I'm still consuming the dairy from that cow. And, uh, and cattle obviously is the, the greatest, I guess, like sucker of resources for lack of a better term, but the same really applies to poultry and to, um, to pigs. And so I was like, all right, I just, I just need to cut it all out. And um, as far as the ethical treatment of animals, I don't necessarily think that it's wrong or have a problem with eating animals or eating animal products if they're raised and slaughtered in a humane fashion. But just with the huge factory farms that we have here in a lot of the States, you know, unless I was eating know an egg from my friend's you know chicken in their backyard there was i just felt like there was really no way that i could be assured of of that animal being raised and slaughtered humanely and so that was the big part of it for me and so initially when i became vegetarian it was like all right well i'm just i'm not going to eat meat and so i'm not eating any animals and i'm not consuming you know, the hormones or the antibiotics that they may be putting into them and so forth. And then I was like, well, but if I'm drinking the milk, I'm eating the eggs. A lot of that same reasoning still applies. And so I just I made the shift into veganism.
0: And, and that's actually kind of a segue for, for Casey, too, because yours was yours was was around the environment as well. Right.
3: Mine. So I became vegetarian Right when I turned 18 and went to college, I have my bachelor's and master's in ecology and sustainable development. And basically took me a few weeks of my first summer session and uh, I was sold. I didn't need to go back. Mine was entirely environmental. It was, um, the other things are nice side impacts, but um, mine was hundred percent. The idea that if we ate lower on the food chain, there's food for everyone, there's resources for everyone that as we eat higher on the food chain, um, you lose 90% of the energy that goes in to get to the next trophic level and you eat farther down and there's food to go around um, and land to go around. So that was, that was totally my reasoning. Um, and in my, I'm closing it on 20 years. In my 20 years, I've kind of gone back and forth between all the different pescatarian, which is where I am right now. I've done vegan, I've been vegetarian, kind of tried a little bit of all of them. And some of it's what phase of life I've been in, what's easier to manage um, with my job and what I do. I am, you know, until about six months ago, all over the world, <laughs> all the time, often in other people's hands. And um, sure. so for me being pescatarian gave me more leeway um, to move in and out of cultures and being hosted by people and and uh, people grasp it a little bit easier.
0: Right on, right on you know it's 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 worth mentioning um just some, some statistics and some studies around the environmental stuff um you know 50% of the habitable land on the planet is used for agriculture and 77% of that 50% of agricultural land is used for animals and their feed um and so that means that, that if you took out meat and dairy consumption that means that global farmland could re- be reduced by more than 75% Um, And that's an area equivalent to the United States, China, the European Union and Australia all put together Uh, and we'd still have enough food to actually feed the world. Um, If you want to think about it in terms of like endangered species of the twenty eight thousand threatened animals on the planet right now. Twenty four thousand out of those twenty eight thousand are actually threatened because of the clear cutting and the environmental destruction that happens in order to create land that can be used for agriculture. Um, You know, if you want to think about it in these terms, um, uh, it takes 119 square meters of land to make 1000 calories of beef, and it takes 23 square meters of land to make 1000 calories of cheese, whereas it takes one square meter of land to make 1000 calories of tofu. And so that's all kind of in terms of of land production, right? Um, Food production is responsible for one quarter of the world's greenhouse gas emissions, Um, Livestock and fisheries are 53% of that, um, and 29% is food crops. The supply chain is 18%. Um, And so, in other words, eating vegan is actually better than eating local. Um, uh, 1,000 grams of protein from peas emits just 0.4 kilograms of carbon dioxide equivalents, which is how they measure greenhouse gas emissions, and 100 grams of protein from beef emits nearly 50 kilograms. So 0.4 kilograms for 100 grams of protein if it comes from peas, um, 50 kilograms uh, for 100 grams of protein if it comes from beef. Uh, Cheese, by the way, is about 11 kilograms and eggs are a little bit over four kilograms. Um, And then finally, there was a big study that came out in 2019 called Reducing Foods' Environmental Impacts Through Producers and Consumers. It was published in the journal Science. Um, it's by a couple of researchers from the UK named Poor and Nemicek, um, and they based it on almost forty thousand farms in one hundred and nineteen countries covering forty different food products that represent ninety percent of everything that is eaten by human beings on the planet. Um, so a massive study and massive data set. Um, and it assessed the full impact of these foods on land use, climate change emissions. Uh, Freshwater use, water pollution, air pollution. Um, And ultimately, what they concluded was, quote, a vegan diet is probably the single biggest way to reduce your impact on planet Earth. Not just greenhouse gases, but global acidification, eutrophication, land use, and water use is far bigger than cutting down on your flights or buying an electric car. Agriculture is a sector that spans all the multitude of environmental problems, Really, it is animal products that are responsible for so much of this avoiding consumption of animal products delivers far better environmental benefits than trying to purchase sustainable meat and dairy. So, yeah, so a lot lot of things I just threw at you there. Um, But but the point being that that um, what what Lauren and Casey are talking about in terms of the environment, that's not just like some rumor. Um, It's not like, oh, I feel like it would be better for the earth. No, it actually like has repeatedly been shown to be significantly better for the earth. Um, I remember I, I took a quiz, like one of those quotes on Buzzfeed or something like that recently, that was like, you know, measure your own personal carbon footprint. And it found that if I was going to reduce my carbon footprint, the thing that would by far reduce the carbon footprint, the greatest for me would be to stop eating meat. And that's probably true for everybody. Um, yeah.
1: So I wanna ask you about something that you just said about um, eating local. Um, I think a lot of us, Think that maybe one way to help reduce our carbon footprint or we're not ready to step into, you know, being a vegetarian or a vegan, but eating locally sourced foods, locally sourced meats. And I think a lot of the same study that you just quoted statistics from said that actually what you eat is way more important in terms of the environmental impact than, you know, eating local, so to speak. So can you talk a little bit about that
3: um, and why that's kind of such a misnomer out there? What do y'all think? I think there's just no getting around the amount of land, water. And I mean, one of the things you talked about was eutrophication, which is when you have too many nutrients in the water. That's where algae blooms come from and basically ends up sucking up all the oxygen in the water and killing all the fish. Um, And that's when we have like red tides and that kind of thing in the ocean. So I think just the impact of animal farming is so deep. Um, it's not just wow; it takes a lot of land, or um, but also it pollutes the water. I mean, just the it goes on and on and on. And our model of farming is what's I think particularly detrimental here.
1: So why are we so obsessed with locally sourced grass-fed
3: beef, locally sourced farmers market? I mean, you it's, know, eat at your I think neighborhood restaurant. I mean, I still think you know if it didn't have to fly, if you're not eating Brazilian beef, which is what a lot of our beef from um, fast food chain comes from, which is like they're really nasty stuff because you're straight up cutting down the Amazon rainforest to get it. Um, And it's pretty cheap, lean beef. And then it has to fly or be shipped all the way here. So you're still cutting out those steps and that's good, Um, but it's not as good as just skipping the hamburger. Um, And And the eggs and the cheese. (laughs) Well, and But I mean, even if you read, you know, when you're listing the numbers for the meat itself, because if you think of eggs and milk as more like farming trees it is replaceable Um, you know you don't just get one time you don't just raise the cow and get one gallon of milk you know they produce milk continuously um kind of like eggs make or chickens make eggs not eggs make chickens i guess eggs do make chickens (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) i got a bunch of degrees in science right here
0: (laughs) nutritional breakthrough
3: Um, But I I think it's because it's better, but it's still it's still not the best. And I I think, you know, I always say I'm not a preachy vegetarian. It's not my style at all. Um, But I think kind of like, you know, recycling a little bit, reusing a little bit. If everyone just ate a little bit less meat, you don't have to all be vegan. But for me, the environmental impact comes across the board. When everyone starts making some substitutions and some changes, then the impact's pretty huge.
2: yeah i'm a really big believer in that small actions can make a big difference i mean if everybody made small actions I, i think like you said huge changes could happen so i'm i'm a big believer in the power of one me too
0: me too um and i i think also to to your question michelle too i think that that and this is a nice segue into the next thing we're going to talk about here um i think encouraging people to eat things that come from local areas. I think that's more palatable to use a, a strange term, but it's sure. a little bit more palatable with people than saying, Hey, you need to stop eating meat. Um, Cause I do think that meat is a pretty deeply ingrained part of the American diet. Yep. Um, and, and, and just to say, Hey, if you want the planet to survive, you need to stop eating meat um, or you need to eat less meat or, or something like that. I mean, that, that's difficult. If you say, I want you to start eating meat in a different way or that comes from a different source, I think that's something that people feel that they can do a little bit more readily. But again, 50 percent of greenhouse gas emissions come from livestock and fisheries. 18 percent come from supply chains. And so, you know, it's, it's nearly three times as much come from what the food is than how the food actually gets to you. Yeah. Um, so like I said, that's a good segue into talking about like, okay, so next things. So so challenges of it, right? Um and and um I guess let's talk about the other whys really quickly, I guess maybe before we should. Um, you know, you mentioned um animal cruelty, um, uh Lauren. Um can you talk a little bit about that? I know you're a big fan of horses. <laughs> well,
2: I grew up riding horses and I had a horse. And uh, yeah, I just um I've always you know, even when I was a kid, I was very squeamish about the meat that I ate. If it resembled too much of like the animal that it actually came from, I, I had a really hard time with it. Chicken on the bone, anything with too much, anything that was too, too rar, gristly, or, you know, I just, I just couldn't handle. Um So I, a lot of the big factory farms, I mean, the way that they slaughter the the way that they raise the animals you know a lot of them are grown raised now in such a way that they their bodies are completely are vastly different from what a normal chicken or duck or cow would be like in nature like they they're grown with these huge breasts and they're so heavy that they can't mate naturally and they can hardly move and they're raised in these chicken coops, you know, where they don't walk around and I've read, they've been fed like ground up pieces of previously slaughtered chicken. And mm-hmm. it's uh, just everything about it. And also on a thinking about like human, the treatment of the humans that also work in those factories, um, a lot of the workers You know, very low wage workers, very dangerous conditions. A lot of them tend to be undocumented immigrants, Um, and not to say that that doesn't happen with on big orchards and places where they're growing plants, but the conditions in the factories are also not just cruel for the animals, but for humans too. Um, The way that they are transported sometimes packed into trucks, you know, when it's freezing cold out and they're driving across the interstate at 80 miles an hour and the wind chill is, you know, in just insanely cold um, or, you know, in the opposite in the blazing heat, it's just every step of the way to me. I was reading, it's been a really long time since I've been vegetarian a long time, since I've read a lot of these books that I did my research on when I was first becoming vegetarian. And I, skimmed over a few chapters today about like the treatment of animals. And I was like, oh my God, I just like, it gives me nightmares. So
3: Peter Singer, the philosopher says that he thinks that we'll look back at this phase of factoring farming the way we once looked back on slavery. He says that he thinks that at one, we will have to come to an awakening on how we treat animals and we'll look back on it in a, did we really do that kind of way? Um, it's always blown my mind a little bit and I, you know, for better, for worse, kind of think myself maybe a little bit more globalist, but I I think that, um, American culture has this really strange juxtaposition between the way that we love our pets and the way that we treat our livestock. And I've never been able to understand that, um, that we our our cats and dogs are, are treated with total reverence. They're part of the family and they should be, and they have personalities and we love them and we'll do anything for them. And then the pig that has just as much personality, um, but uh, as a dog and actually is tends to be smarter, can be trained in the same kind of way, um, we pile them up and treat them horrifically in ways that people would literally go to prison for if they treated dogs that way. And yeah. so that's, you know, I actually, I don't have a dog. I'm not even a huge dog person, but I just never have understood that about our culture, the way that we um can divide these two animals, they're really a whole lot alike. We can divide them up and treat them totally differently. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, I think I think some of it has something to do with being very um, disconnected from where we get our food. You know, and right. I, even, I include myself in this, like where does food come from? It comes from Kroger. Like right. I go in the store and I pick it up and, you know, we don't really see how it's being made, who's picking it, who's packing it, how is, you know, everything from where it originates from to when it gets to my grocery store shelf. I just, I think that we're really disconnected from that. And I would, I think that that's part of why we view these two types of animals very differently is because we really, I mean, unless you're reading 101 Reasons Why I'm a Vegetarian, a lot of people just really aren't aware of what goes on with... The animals that they eat
0: before they eat them. Mm -hmm. I I agree. And I I actually, I think a big part of the presentation of a lot of meat is to make it look non-animal. I mean, um, you know, you you mentioned how you found a sort of discussion to eat chicken off the bone and things like that when you were younger. I think that in no way does a steak resemble a cow, you know, in no way does a strip of bacon resemble a pig. And so, so there are certainly ways that you can can convince yourself that, that, oh, well, no, this actually isn't an animal, or at least it doesn't tap into that piece of your subconscious that might be making you think, should I really be, you know, something had to die for this? Is this okay?
3: And um, well, I also think it's, you know, a lot of people say, well, we have all the teeth, right? I mean, we're omnivores. We have incisors. Um, we can be both carnivorous and herbivores. But I think the cool thing about living right now is you can actually make these choices living in this super privileged country where we can, I don't even go to the store. I just have it Instacarted to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's, it's kind of a, it's a cool privilege that you get to make a choice. And like I said, I feel like I'm like a main, maybe not a mainstream vegetarian, but kind of a middle of the road. You don't even have to make the choice every time. Just sometimes, um, you can switch things out. You can play around, um, And it still makes an impact when you think of it over a lifetime, if you're providing for your family and you switch out some of the meals, um, it makes a difference.
0: Yeah. So for me on that note, uh, it was funny, like, as I was telling Casey that this was something I wanted to try for a very (laughs) short period of time um, and just kind of see what some of the challenges were. Casey actually said to me, I feel like you're already what I would kind of like everybody to be, because in fact, I don't eat a ton of meat. I'm like, Um, I'm
3: the one cooking dinner here mm -hmm. and I'm not cooking meat, you know, occasionally I'll make fish, but I'm not cooking meat every night. So you're already not eating meat Mm -hmm. for dinner because I make dinner, right? And then right. I don't know what you do for breakfast and lunch. Yeah,
0: you do. Uh, but I mean <laughs> but but
3: I'm just saying spaghetti. that's on you. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I mean but I but I eat, I eat, um, you know, I I eat dairy and I eat cheese and then I eat small amounts of meat, but but when I when I think about the amount of animal products that I consume, it is far less than the average American. And so in some ways actually transitioning into this experiment for me was far easier than it would have been for a lot of other people um, because I already like tofu. Um, and I already eat probably more vegetables than most people do. And, and for me, it was like cutting out meat twice a week, not cutting out a meat and not cutting out meat twice a day. Right. Um, and, and I also, I mean... I, I'm I'm aware of the of the environmental issues by virtue of of the person that I married. Thanks yep. for that. Thanks You're for that. welcome. Um, and uh, and I'm, also, I'm happy to
3: guide you in any other way. So, so. Just ask or not.
0: So okay, I feel that I do need to say that I've influenced you in some ways as well, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Sure.
3: Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this is Casey, the ultra endurance athlete who didn't do, didn't do any endurance sports until we until after we met. Correct. That's true. All right thank you. So I'll take that one. (laughs) But, but anyway, um, but I was like, you you mentioned like the, the ethical treatment of animals. You know, I am definitely the person who I'll be driving down the interstate and that, that chicken truck will pass me. That poultry truck will go by. And I'm like, yep, done eating chicken for two weeks, you know, like, like, because, because it's such a stark reminder and I ultimately do. Yeah. Or I sometimes do, I'll have dinner at my parents' house or something like that and they'll serve it and I'll eat it. But, but, but yeah, they like seeing the way that that not only that they're treated just from a humane point of view and saying like like wow that's just so inhumane the way that those those poor animals are being treated but also it's kind of gross um, like it, it it just makes me not want to, to to eat it all that much and so so yeah I mean for me you know I, growing out of of you know trying to be low fat and all that sort of thing in the 90s. Um, when I first started running a lot, you know, there was a performance aspect to just eating less meat. And then over time I've developed these ideas around environmental impact and, and things like that. So anyway, the point of that long thing was to say that for me to transition actually into doing this experiment, actually it wasn't all that hard. So I was already most of the way there. Um, I knew that I would probably have a hard time with the social aspect of it. Um, and, and in fact, I mentioned that I did it for about five weeks and there were two times when I actually just ate meat. And both of those times are when I went to my parents' house. And I just didn't want to have that conversation with my parents. I didn't want to be like, hey, mom and dad, thanks for making me dinner. By the way, I'm vegan right now. Like, that, <laughs> that just wasn't going to go over well. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so I didn't have that conversation. So, like,
3: and nobody likes that person. Like, as someone who's, right. they don't, no one wants to hear the person who's like, actually, ah. I'm not going to eat what you just prepared. Like these are conversations. You have someone over to your house first and you prepare what you would prepare. And then you have the, Oh yeah, by the way, we eat vegan in this home, blah, blah. And then when they invite you over, they can figure it out. But no one wants to be the annoying vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the, no really? one who sticks with it. I feel like, I feel like those people who are really loud or like the ones who do it for a minute and then they're gone. Yeah,
1: <laughs> That is so true. <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, So George, what did you, I mean, if you were already sort of
1: there or more so than, you know, the average person say you only eat meat twice a week, you did it for five weeks. What did you kind of, what was the transition that you made in the beginning? Like, what did you get rid of first and substitute or.
0: Okay. So so what did that look
1: like? Like if somebody was going to try to do this, you know, for a small period of time to test it out while they're also, you know, burning X amount of calories per day, what Mm -hmm. did that look like?
0: Yeah. See, and, and. So the 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 most difficult. Well, let's see. I, the 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 way that I started was just by finishing what I had in the refrigerator, basically. Um, and so like I finished the gallon of milk and didn't buy any more milk and bought soy milk instead. And that was actually a tough transition for me because I drink milk in my tea every morning and I look forward to it and I like it. And like actually making that shift, that was a difficult shift. And you think about that's something that I have multiple times every single morning, right? right um and so so that in some ways i think probably mirrored like the people who have meat at every single meal it kind of mirrored that so that was like the probably the one thing that that was actually kind of a difficult transition and that when i stopped it frankly i was like oh good i can go yeah, i can go back to to this thing that i actually sort of like i never really totally got to a place where i was comfortable having taken that out entirely but of course i only did it for four or five weeks um that one was difficult the other thing that was difficult, and we can talk more about this one in a second. Unfortunately, Casey had warned me about this one.
3: Dude, I told you.
0: So, Casey had warned me about this one, and she was 100% correct. Is that.
3: Can we just make that into like a sound bite? <laughs> I would well,
1: like, George can. It. George, I like, can, can just make it into a slow bite. over me.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Tell me how
3: right I was. I'm going to edit this whole segment now? out.
0: <laughs> 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 um, but, but Casey had told me this, and I, and I knew she was going to be right, and she was. Um, that, 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 when you decide to eat vegan, you ultimately can convince yourself, at least for a short time, that if it's vegan, it's healthy and you're good. Um, and so, in those first but that two wasn't three your
1: experience, wasn't
0: yeah. No, in those first two weeks, I ate a lot of garbage, um, and and it was mostly processed like like a lot garbage. of highly processed food. Yeah. Um and, and you go to Whole Foods and they have vegan cookies and stuff. You're like, hey, it's vegan and I'm eating vegan now. Woohoo! Vegan cookies, you know. And and I was I'd order it on Instacart and it would come and I'd eat all those vegan cookies, right? And I had spaghetti and I had chipotle and like all these things that generally speaking, I try not to eat as much. Um, hey, chipotle is
2: good. So what's wrong with Chipotle?
0: So the chips, like chip, chips and guacamole <laughs> are not part of what I normally have at Chipotle. And I ordered like double <laughs> chips and double guacamole. <laughs> <because they're> vegan. <laughs> so everything like, so side note, everything at Chipotle is vegan except for the meat. So their guacamole is their beans. beans are, That's their yeast. tortillas are all of it. Yeah. I did that research because I was like, if I'm going to be vegan, I'm eating at Chipotle. Um, and, and, I I ate so much processed stuff. That was that for that,
1: convenience, or was that just kind of you just didn't know just what like to do? to try all vegan. No, the
0: it wasn't. It's because it's because. So I, I say I don't have a typical American diet. Where my diet is typical is uh, typical American is in the level of processed foods, um, or or where it could be if I if I'm not watching it. Um, and so you know, Skittles are vegan. I learned that.
2: Um, (laughs) recently they were not vegan for a long time and then it was like big news in the vegan world that skittles had become vegan
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so so i i I would buy two bags of Skittles a day and be like i'm eating vegan i mean and so (laughs) so that that was and it was it was enough of a problem to where so i did it in the five weeks leading up to the blue ridge relay which we've talked about on this podcast a lot um and after two weeks i think i might have actually gained a little bit of weight and at that point i was three weeks out from them from the blue ridge relay and i was like I might need to stop this, like, like this thing that Casey told me was going to happen is not only happening, but it's happening to such a huge degree that I might be blowing my target race here. Um, And I might have to actually, you know, stop doing this and go back to eating meat just in order to convince myself to stop eating so much processed garbage.
3: I Um, think part of, I mean... That's for sure an issue. I feel like it's always the, I'm going to go buy the vegan things on the shelves at the grocery store instead of just realizing that fruits and vegetables are vegan (laughs) and that's in whole grains. (laughs) And that's what you should be. That is a proper vegan diet Um, and nuts and seeds. Um, but the, the other thing is the idea of replacing stuff. And I think Lauren, that's when he stopped texting me about it and started texting you. Cause I was like, all the vegan cheesers are gross. Stop trying to buy them all. Like, you don't need vegan eggs. You, you're not baking, like make a flax egg if you need to bake, but you don't know how to bake. So like, what are right. you even doing in my kitchen?
0: Um. Okay. Okay. Back it up. <laughs> I don't I know how to bake. I made what a have vegan bake. I made a vegan lasagna. That's cooking sweetie. Oh,
3: yeah.
1: I got a text message with that lasagna, and you tried to convince yourself that that looked so amazing.
0: And it, it just did. did.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I but I-, I got a text message with that lasagna. also I was impressed. I also got a text
3: message with that. <laughs>
2: is there anyone who
3: didn't see this
1: George, how many women do you need to text your lasagna to
0: everybody
3: well,
1: uh, let's see it
0: was a three of y'all i texted to my mom so that's a fourth woman um let's see Am i might have texted it to my mom so i i did text it to your mom
1: Well then, then i texted casey and was like he really thinks that lasagna looks so good doesn't <laughs> she he?
3: was like he's real into this lasagna <laughs> yeah.
2: have fun no. in aruba <laughs> I did want to comment, I do think that that's a really easy trap to fall into, especially in the beginning, is you try to replace your meat with some kind of, like, imitation meat or imitation dairy, and I found, and I I definitely did that in the beginning, and then I found as time went on, I, I just something in my perception of what I was filling my plate with changed. And I was like, I'm really not trying to make up for this meat or this cheese that I'm not eating. I'm just basing my meal around plants, you know, greens and beans and quinoa and grains, like Casey was saying. And so, but I do think that in the beginning that helps a lot of people that if they do really want to make the switch, I think it helps them make that switch. Because, like, I didn't go cold turkey from being like a full-on, you know, Chick Fil A every morning to I woke up one day and it was all of a suddenly, you know, never touched meat or never ate dairy again in my life. I mean, it was definitely a transition in both stages, and I think I think it helps people make that transition, but it's not really—I wouldn't say from a health perspective—not really a sustainable way to to eat.
0: Yeah. And, and, and there are some things I found that they, they, they don't have good vegan options. And so I think that there's, there's good vegan options as far as meat goes. And in fact, like I said, that I eat spaghetti, I was eating a lot of spaghetti. I, I would eat spaghetti for every meal if you let me like, That's true. I really would. Um, and he
3: went through a phase where we read, um, read somewhere about switching your calorie load for the day and ate spaghetti for breakfast and he ate spaghetti for breakfast i remember for like a period of time Mm
0: -hmm. it was great it did
3: not smell (laughs) like i just wasn't feeling the spaghetti smell in the morning and then he'd have cereal for dinner and then i would like cook real dinner Yeah. This right. is not Georgia's first experiment. no
0: the, 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 the problem came when when I would have spaghetti for breakfast and then like halfway through the day my my discipline would wane and so I'd have spaghetti for dinner again <laughs> <laughs> and, and there was there was one day early on in the vegan experiment I said I started on August 10th. it was probably like August 11th. Where I had spaghetti for lunch and spaghetti for dinner, and I was like, woo! like I said, I mean, I was like, woo, vegan!" You know, and <laughs> and it was vegan. It was. Um, I didn't have any meat products that day. I was using vegan meatballs, which I use anyway because yeah, like, we I, use
3: them. Our kids like vegan meatballs.
0: Yeah, so. and and I've been eating vegan meatballs since maybe even before I met Casey, just because I'd like like a ball of meat to me is just not doesn't sound good. Like like um, we which were t- is
3: what a meatball <laughs> is. <Right>?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were talking to a guy over the weekend and he was talking about how he went to a restaurant and they, he had a, a kangaroo meatball um and and that didn't sound the slightest bit appetizing to me eating meat or not eating meat so again like I was already most of the way there right but anyway um and so so where's it going with the talking about spaghetti
2: dude I don't know that yeah. you like spaghetti George <laughs> likes spaghetti yeah
0: yeah um well I think
2: Started talking out about the challenges, and then that's what it was.
0: That's what it was. And so, yeah, <laughs> I, remember, I remember. what I was going to say is that 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 there is no good vegan yogurt. No, they're gross. They're disgusting. Yeah, gross. And and actually, trying vegan yogurt. Like
3: yogurt's even just mediocre anyway. So like.
0: Okay. See. <laughs> next I, step. <laughs> I I don't think yogurt's mediocre, but when I did take a step back, I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. Like this sort of Like odd this is one thing that
1: you can do without. You don't need the substitute. Yeah, you don't have so, to have yogurt. Yeah, yeah. no. Make some chia pudding.
0: So chia pudding's gross. I love but, it. But 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 I uh yeah, there there's no good vegan yogurt. Like like I and I tried several different brands and because I like eating yogurt on on a fairly regular basis and there just wasn't any. And so that that had to essentially my diet for five weeks. Um,
1: um. So I have two questions is like, is giving up meat first, sort of like the rite of passage into this, would you say? This is kind of for Casey or Lauren.
2: It was for me. I, um, before I became vegetarian, I think I had given up eating, um, pork and beef for a while and had, so I, 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 it was very gradual. And then I was like, okay, I can do this. I can give up eating poultry. I never ate fish. I was never a big fish person. I mean, I was born. I grew up in Denver. Seafood is like not the thing there. It's yeah, that's very different. Like <laughs> a little <you> landlocked. <laughs> food is really like a critical part of the, <laughs> the culture, but not in Denver. Um, so yeah, that was what I did, and then it was it was gradual.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Do you know? So speaking of replacements, do you know what what is easy to find a vegan version of? Cookies. Chocolate.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Dark
0: chocolate. That's, that's I mean what a dark, lot of chocolate dark chocolate is, chocolate is man. Vegan. Yeah. Quality chocolate is vegan. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so so over the course of that five weeks, I ate a lot of chocolate. I'm I, down for not, that. So so <laughs> my, my, my my chocolate consumption definitely went up. So so yeah. And while we're while we're talking about this, I want to say other one other thing real quick about Slayer X, who's of course one of the sponsors of this podcast. So yeah, I did this during the five weeks leading up to the Blue Ridge Relay, and i wanted to use Slayer X during that build period because I knew that I would be using Slayer X during the Blue Ridge Relay. And of course, anytime that you're training for an event, you need to use the products during your training that you plan to use during the event. And so um, I had some Slayer X and I wanted to be using that and Slayer X is vegan. Um, And so I was able to keep the the vegan experiment going uh, while still also using the product that I plan to, uh, primarily used for my hydration during the blue ridge relay so shout out to slayer x our sponsors of this podcast not only of course for helping make the podcast possible but uh but also because they didn't put any animal products in their drinks which meant that i could keep the vegan experiment going while still experimenting and using the uh, product that i plan to use during the blue ridge relay so anyway let's circle back around real quick because there's one thing we kind of got away from and then i think actually michelle said she had two questions but the, that social aspect of it. So Casey talked about what she would do, which I think is really good advice um, uh, that, that if you kind of go there, you're like, oh yeah, let's get together for dinner. You come to my house first. Um, like how, how did you deal with that initially and how do you continue to deal with that now, Lauren?
2: I, would, I think that is still one of the biggest challenges. Um, initially with my family, because I go to eat with my parents almost every Sunday. We have like a family dinner. And at first, you know, I told, I think I told them, you know, I'm thinking about becoming a vegetarian, blah, blah, blah. And they were kind of prepared. And funny story, when I was a little kid, when I was about eight years old, my dad just randomly woke up one day and decided he was going to be a vegetarian. And our family was like, so against it. We we're like, what? That's crazy talk. Oh my gosh. And we like vetoed this. And then years later I was in college and came home and was like, I'm going to be vegetarian. And my dad was like, you remember when you were eight years old and I tried to be a vegetarian <laughs> and you like were fit about it. <laughs> um, but they were, I mean, I guess they were pretty much on board, but it's its harder. It's more challenging at things like weddings, um, going over to someone's house to eat. I usually I'll offer to bring a dish and um, I think usually I'll give people like a heads up beforehand I think most of the people that I spend time with know I'm a vegan but if it were something like you know meeting the person that you're dating like going over to their parents house for the first time I would maybe try to I feel like going to a heads up (laughs) maybe better where you can choose your food from a menu and then kind of work it into the conversation and then you know Have dinner at someone's house, but I do. I definitely like Casey's idea of inviting them over first, since I hardly ever host anybody for anything. (laughs) (laughs) I think my version of that would be like, let's meet at a restaurant first for dinner, and then, you know, kind of bring it up in a.
1: You could also offer to bring a dish that you know would be you know sufficient for a main meal for you. Right. You were.
2: Yeah. So that's what I do. And for I've definitely been to weddings where it was kind of rough. I mean, usually, if I'm going to a wedding and there's like the pre-ordered dishes, a lot of times I'll just be like, "All right, I know I need to have a snack before I go and bring like a cliff Bar in my purse because likely I'm going to be having cocktails for dinner." It's gonna be the situation. <laughs> it's not the
1: worst what dinner. I was gonna say.
0: Okay, so that's actually a good segue too. Okay. So, so another thing that I learned from doing this, um, is, is how much animal products are hidden in things that you wouldn't think they're going to be hidden in. And so it was funny when I first reached out to Lauren and said, Hey, I'm going to try this for a few weeks. What are some, some quick heads up you would give me one of the things she said was, um, uh, there's a lot of things that, including alcohol that sometimes has animal products in it that you wouldn't expect like Guinness, for example, I think you actually mentioned that in particular, is not vegan. So Guinness yeah. has some What's dairy in products it? in it. Oh, dairy
2: products.
0: Yeah, I think so. Does have some sort of dairy in it?
2: Yeah, I'm actually, I'm not a huge beer drinker, especially the dark beers. So it's typically not an issue for me. But yeah, it's some kind of milk product. A lot of like the stouts have some kind of milk derivative in them.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then didn't you mention like Pisco Sours or something like that? have a have, Egg have...
2: white. Yeah, Pisco Sours are made with
3: egg whites. Yeah, you, yeah. Use, you use them to foam a lot of... Um... Any any cocktail with a foam on the top, that's egg white.
0: Okay. And then, and then like of course, anything like a white Russian or something like that that has milk in it or right. something like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, Kahlua has, has, has dairy has dairy. Because you're just
3: always drinking Kahlua, uh, dude, so I'm glad yeah. you avoided yeah. that. No,
0: I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm, <laughs> you're such a smart ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> Mich- you
3: invited
1: me. M- Michelle is so
0: fired up that somebody else is here to give me a hard time. I'm, like,
1: I'm just sitting here, I don't even have to say anything,
2: Casey, <laughs> right? going on?
0: Um, but, but no, but the point being that it was hidden in places where I wouldn't necessarily expect are, it to be hidden. Yeah. And so like, um, a lot of things on their labels will say natural flavors and you don't know what those natural flavors are. Those natural right. flavors could be, um, something that's actually animal derived. One of the ones that struck me the most is that there's a cereal. It's a special K cereal, a special K red berry cereal that I, that I eat on a frequent basis. Um, I'm and it's for, dairy. So it's, well, it doesn't have dairy in it but it's uh-huh. fortified with vitamin D. And the vitamin D that they use to fortify it is made from lanolin. And lanolin is made from sheep's wool. Sheeps. And so that's actually not a vegan product. Now, if you poured Special K into a bowl, you wouldn't look at this and be like, you know, oh, there, there's animal products in here. But there is because yeah. part of the fortification process, it actually uses lanolin. Um, so yeah, <laughs> kind of weird things like that. Um, I, that, that to me, I ended up having to do a lot more research and spend a whole lot more time, like looking up like carrageenan, is that vegan? You know, um, gargum, is that vegan? Like all of these things that, that I've never really thought all that much about. And since I was eating so much processed stuff, like, you know, all these ingredients were there.
3: Right. So then if you'd focus on <laughs> more of the whole foods, it would have been much easier, right.
0: which, which ultimately okay. I did. Um, and which, which is probably the doing. journey I think yeah. a lot
3: of people end up on. Yeah.
0: yeah. So after about two weeks, I actually started doing a much better job of actually just straight up eating fruits and vegetables. You know what a game changer for that was? Mm-mm. Um, and I think I actually texted Lauren when this happened. I found a vegan salad dressing.
2: Yes, I do remember that text.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so was like,
2: it oil and vinegar? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was. No. He- it was Infinity some bottle
0: dressing,
1: wasn't it? It was,
0: it, was, it was a bottle dressing, yeah. And, and, and it like and, rocked and, your world. <laughs> oh yeah, but 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 again, think about the way that dairy is hidden into things. And so so most salad dressings are not vegan. Most of them have some sort of dairy product in them, right? right. Mayonnaise is not vegan, um, uh, obviously, right? Um, all these various sauces and, and like stir fries and things like that, a lot of those had animal products in them somehow. And so actually finding a salad dressing as is, is, is simple as that sounds, um, that was a replacement that I needed to make in order to be able to make the transition to actually eating more vegetables, right. so.
2: I will say that one, one of the things I really appreciate about having been vegan is the, how much more aware you are of what is in your food. I mean, cause it really forces you to read every label especially in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. That I, I just, I feel so much more aware of what I'm eating than I ever did before.
0: Absolutely. And and I also, I also found myself not only paying attention to what was in my food, but I actually found myself cooking more. Did I tell you I made a <laughs> vegan lasagna? Oh
3: my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't get a text about this vegan lasagna.
0: <laughs> I still have the picture on my phone. As a matter of fact, oh, George, I'm, I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you the, 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 the photo the on my phone for the Instagram post. All right. Oh, so, man. so, so that'll be good because, because Michelle is in charge of our Instagram. And so, so I'm, I'm going to send that to you, Michelle, and we'll probably get more clicks on that than. More clicks. <laughs> is that, that's, yeah? that's not how Instagram works. <laughs> we'll probably get more.
1: Swipe less. <laughs> um,
0: on, on, on that than, than any other thing. All right. So uh, a couple other things that, that I never kind of worked out um, that I'd be interested in hearing kind of what y'all have to say about. Um, okay. So, 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 I'll say three three more things. One, um, I also, um, I found that I, I quit eating, I, I, I sort of extended it out a little bit to like palm oil, for example. Um, now, palm oil is something I usually try to avoid anyway, but, and I quit eating Nutella a few years ago because of palm oil, which- That's that, a tough
3: one to
1: give that, up. That was man.
0: giving something up, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because I like some Nutella. Um, but palm oil, as you probably know, um, as I know y'all know, but, but as, as people who are listening probably know, um, it comes from a lot of it comes from a particular forest in Indonesia, um, and tearing down those forests, um, are destroying the, the orangutan habitats there. Um, and so by the same token that you want to be humane towards animals by not eating animal products, um, you also, why would you eat something that, that is tearing apart their environment of the orangutan. Like, isn't that equally inhumane? And so I found myself like with products like like palm oil saying, okay, I need to try and, and totally avoid that during this stretch as well. And so again, kind of paying attention to, to, to what I was eating in, in that regard too. Um, but here's the two things that I never quite overcame. One was gelatin. Um, and so, so gelatin obviously is, you know, it's in gummy bears and that sort of thing. Um, but a lot of it is made from keratin, um, and, and that's in, you know, horse hooves and, and all that sort of thing. A lot of that's made from, from animal products. And it was a problem with, cause I've taken collagen supplements in the past and most collagen supplements are not well, that's vegan. straight animal product. Yeah. It's a straight yeah. animal product. Yeah. And then, but a lot of the, the capsules for like, um, for, for vitamins or for supplements, a lot of those capsules are made of gelatin. And how so much you supplements can, you,
2: are you taking hey, but all you have to do is go online and google vegan vitamins and you can yeah. order them or eat some greens party. like what are you <laughs> taking already? <around?
0: laughs> it's getting late and michelle's getting tired um the the but no i mean there, there's there's you there's, just have
3: to replace your vitamins yeah. you to decide yeah. like you did with the milk though i mean there's still no reason to waste what you've already purchased like mm-hmm. that's not helpful right. to anybody yeah if it's purchased sense. and it's in your cabinet and it's a healthy thing to do then throwing it away doesn't help it's mm-hmm. already made mm-hmm. um, yeah. so you just finish up and then as you move
2: over you transition to a, a vegan mm-hmm. supplement
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. i think also go ahead Yon.
2: no i was just gonna say but i find i really only take two supplements i take b12 and i take calcium um, and I actually found actually through the your fitness your app challenge from the spring tracking all my nutrition every day on my fitness pal that I'm getting more calcium in my regular diet than I realized I was and I don't need to take as much calcium as I've been taking. Cool. Um, but yeah, I think most supplements like if you google vegan B12 or vegan calcium you can find them mm-hmm. very yeah. quickly.
0: I think another thing that I kind of, and I ended up not doing this cause I wouldn't, I didn't stick to it as long. Cause like, um, kind of what Casey was saying, I just sort of continued taking the vitamins. And if I ever took a supplement, yeah. I took the one that was actually in the, so the only supplement that I take with any regularity, in addition to taking a multivitamin is glutamine, um, which is an amino acid that helps in recovery. Um, and I in the past have used uh, a glutamine powder as well. And so you could actually use the powder as opposed to using the capsule. Um, which was kind of one way that I, 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 as I was brainstorming, if I decided to do this for all of 2021, say for example, um, that would be something that, that, that I might change. Um, if only you all could see the look that Michelle just gave me on Zoom here when I floated the idea of doing this for all of 2021. Um, but, um, and then another thing that I never quite worked out um, was that it was a lot of soy. Um, I felt like I was eating a lot of soy. Um, And maybe this is kind of circling back to what we talked about about a few minutes ago in in terms of like making replacements and that sort of thing. But when I when I added that to my notes, um, I had um, soy milk at breakfast in my in my tea. I had soy eggs with soy sausage at lunch and I had teriyaki vegetable stir fry with imitation soy chicken nuggets at dinner. Right. Um, And so soy at breakfast, soy at lunch, soy at dinner. And if I had been eating meat during that time, I would have had milk, eggs, probably still that soy sausage. And then I had chicken at dinner. And and just coming from a place where I, I've always been told that having a balanced diet or eating a lot of different food sources is better for you, it felt less healthy to me to be eating so much soy. I mean, Lauren, yeah. I what do y'all think about that?
2: I agree. That sounds like an excessive amount of soy. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Again, like soy, like soy eggs thing.
1: For- yeah. Pre-packaged.
2: You, when food. you say soy eggs, I'm trying to envision this. Like, were you scrambling tofu? Because I will once in a yeah. while scramble tofu like eggs, but that's yeah. the only way I can envision any kind of egg yeah.
0: replacement. And, and, and I, I, one of my go-to meals was actually scrambling tofu, was taking like vegetables, like vegetable stir fry, and, and and mixing in tofu, and then using some sort of vegan teriyaki sauce um, and, and kind of scrambling all that together. That became one of my go-to meals, which I actually really, really liked. But no, it was yeah. an egg replacement. Um, it was this- I just
3: don't think many real veg like long-term vegans are buying egg replacement. They're just yeah. eating yeah, oatmeal only- or cereal. If I'm baking. Almond milk,
2: mm-hmm. oat milk, right. no oat milk. milk. Almond <laughs> milk, yeah that I would go with. And for a stir fry, I think I would probably have cut the soy meat all together and then just eaten some other either replaced it with beans or replaced it with nuts or you know, put some quinoa in there. Mushroom like if you really want the meaty like a meatier for taste, putting a lot of more mushrooms in there. I mean, obviously mushrooms don't have as much protein as like chicken does, but I think you can supplement the protein in other ways that are not.
3: Like in reality on the regular, (laughs) when I'm not out of the country, you're not having chicken for dinner. No. So.
0: I'm having spaghetti.
3: No, you're not. <laughs> Which, just seriously, if, if he comes in the kitchen and I'm making pasta, he's like, yes. Because <laughs> it's not my every, like maybe once a week. It's not normal.
0: I, I, I always tell Casey about there's this article I read in Runner's World, like literally 20 years ago. And it was long before I met Casey. And it said, it said, so you want to marry a runner? It was just like a human interest opinion piece type thing. Um, and it was said, these are things you need to know about runners if you're going to marry a runner. And one of them was, I hope you like spaghetti. <laughs> right on, right on. All right. So Lauren, Casey, I want to give you all the final words here. Um, and so this was sort of my, like I said, this was sort of my experiment and just kind of seeing where it was. I remember Lauren, uh, mm-hmm. Michelle halfway through at one point said, do you feel like you're losing weight? And I said, no, I'm probably about the same as I would have been otherwise. And I think that's that's true, except for those first couple of weeks when I was eating all the vegan cookies. Um, and so, so I... I don't think I did it long enough to really see whether it was going to have any sort of big long term health impacts on me. And I think if that's what that had been my goal, I probably would have like gotten a physical beforehand and tried to get a physical afterwards and all that sort of thing. But really my goal of just the experiment was just to kind of see what the challenges were.
2: Um, yeah, I was curious about whether you felt any performance differences. Cause like in my case, unfortunately, I was really not a competitive or an endurance athlete before. I became vegan. I actually, I made the, I started getting into triathlon and endurance sports around the same time that I became vegan. So I don't have any like before to compare it to. Mm -hmm. I only know, you know, now is pretty much all I've ever known as an endurance athlete. I've been a vegan this whole time, but um, I'm curious if you noticed any differences in your performance that you think were related to this experiment or not.
0: I, I, and I have
1: I, to
2: be honest, this is my biggest curiosity because you have
1: all of the health claims and all the performance claims about, you know, the plant powered athlete and like, how does all of that actually stand up to like the scrutiny? And, and what do you think about that? And I mean, so, I know you didn't train for anything.
0: Uh, no, I did. I was, I was in my peak well, weeks Ridge of training for Blue Ridge Relay. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, so I, I did, I did some of my heaviest training of the year during this stretch. Um, and so I I can't quite make a one to one comparison. It's hard for me to do that. Um, and and again, like I I don't in any way want to try and compare what I did to like what you what Lauren and Casey have done because like the the level of commitment y'all have to this is, is so much more significant to mine. Um, but but I will say, like I don't think I was any worse off for not having meat or, or, or animal products in my diet during some really really heavy weeks of training there, getting ready for the Blue Ridge Relay. Um, you know, I, I, uh, did but hours upon well hours of training and did workouts? some really, really long workouts and, and I was okay. So what'd you say, Michelle?
1: That did you feel well-fueled for all of the big yeah. workouts
0: that you did? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I mean, there were definitely a couple of times when I felt super tired on workouts, but that was just because of the amount of fatigue I was bringing into workouts on purpose in order to train myself for a multi-stage race. Um, I don't think that, that my recovery in any way or my fueling or anything was was hampered or was compromised by, by the fact that I wasn't eating animal products. I really don't. Um, I don't What about, what do you, what do you think? You weren't here, but
3: I wasn't no, but I, been here like all the other time. (laughs) Um,
0: And, 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 And it's worth saying too, that I did well in the Blue Ridge Relay. It went well for me. Like, like it's not as if I got into that race and, and I was so worn out from five weeks worth of, of deficit that, that I crashed and burned in the race. Actually, I did really, really well in that race.
3: And like, I see that there are different models of eating, but I don't know anyone out there who says if you eat more fruits and vegetables, whole grains, and good quality fat that wow you're really going to go down the tubes like i just feel like that's common sense um i don't know maybe my brain has just been in this world so long but i feel like you know those are the anti-inflammatory foods those are the ones packed with nutrients and vitamins and minerals um i mean vegetables bowls are good for you is not really like a newsflash <laughs> um <laughs> eating more vegetables will make you healthy. We all know that. It's just a matter of if you're going to be vegan, um, doing it in a balanced way where you're focused on those whole foods. Um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, when when I did Race Across America, the longer time, well, actually, I worked with a nutritionist, Alana Katz, both times, um, because I was nervous about you know, being doing ultra endurance and it really wasn't a problem. Really. She was like, you need to eat less. (laughs) That was really, yeah. I mean, but I mean, bike racers are always trying to cut weight down. Um, So yeah, it was not a matter of being nervous that I wasn't getting enough fuel and it certainly, that wasn't ever a problem. If it could have, you know, if anything could have fixed altitude sickness, that would have been great. But, um, but it didn't. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. um yeah burger wouldn't have done that for you no no yeah that was rough that was in colorado no less thanks lauren thanks
3: lauren
2: (laughs) (laughs) hey i had the same experience when i went to colorado man that altitude no joke
3: it's tough yeah i i just i guess my last word is i'm like i said the long term but i feel like very middle of the road vegetarian just eat a few more vegetables eat a little less meat we're all to be a little bit better um that's kind of my my general take on it. All
0: right, very good, Lauren. Last word. Thank you. I should say, like, in, in this sort of public forum here, um, uh, you know,
3: for looking at these lasagna pictures. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, no, but 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 Casey is is always a a source of guidance and inspiration and support for me. And so, thank you to my wife, of oh, course. But but can I clip that too. But but you vowed to do that, so whatever. Um, <laughs> Lauren, on the other hand, like took no vows. And so so Lauren, thanks to you for actually the support to, for doing something you didn't have to do. And so so I, I do appreciate your your responding to my texts. And, and of course I was
1: supportive. I responded to all your texts.
0: Yeah, you reported you responded to them with like, are you gonna eat that? Uh, so so no thanks for you, Michelle. <laughs> um, but Lauren, last words besides thanks for for all your help.
2: Um happy to be here and I want to echo what Casey said. Um And just reiterate that one small changes can make a big impact, I think, on you and for the world. You know, it's like, I know you guys have talked about, you know, if you can't get out and run every single day, but you make it out, you know, three times a week for 30 minutes at a time is still better than running four hours, one random Saturday out of the month. And I think, you know, if you're interested in a more plant-based lifestyle, that same principle applies, you know, little, little bits here along the way, they add up and they make a difference. And also one thing I've noticed is that generally speaking, what's good for my body is good for the planet and vice versa. That's just kind of a general principle that I live by and that I've observed. So, um, yeah, I mean, if anybody out there is, interested in talking more in detail about veganism like I'm happy to talk to anybody I've done you know Ironmans marathons all kinds of stuff on a totally vegan diet so I'm happy to to have a more detailed conversation with someone if they're interested in that
0: awesome awesome thanks Casey thanks Lauren thanks Michelle you're
1: welcome George see you next time
0: everybody That'll do it for another edition of the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. We appreciate you joining us. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasant podcast. You can find us on Twitter at PleasantPodcast. You can find us on Instagram, Most Pleasant Exhaustion. And you can always download our podcast from Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, ITL Coaching and Performance, at ITLcoaching.com on Twitter at ITL Coaching at Facebook, facebook.com slash ITL coaching and performance, and on Instagram, ITL coaching. You can check out Blue Pineapple Travel at bluepineappletravel.com, travel.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pineapple travel, or on Instagram, Blue Pineapple Travel. And finally, Slayer X. You can find them at SlayerX.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash here for Slayer That's the number four, here for Slayer X on Instagram at here4slayrx again the number 4 and on Twitter at officialslayrx don't forget the discount code pleasant2020 on behalf of Patrick Ollinger and Michelle Frank this is George Darden we appreciate you joining us on the most pleasant exhaustion podcast